Crypto curious, keep an open mind, enjoy the conversation, and stay cryptocurrent. Now, here's your host, Richard Carthon. Did you know that Cryptocurrent now has its own apparel shop? Well, look no further. If you want the latest gear from the Cryptocurrent crew, please check out both our show notes and our website where you can get anything from a long sleeve shirt to joggers to sweatshirts to tank tops, hats. You name it, we have some pretty swagged out gear for you. So if you're in love with our brand just as much as we are, please check out our gear today. What's going on, everybody? For Cryptocurrent, I'm Stephen Miller, and this is another interview with Cryptocurrent. Today, I'm joined by Vincent Orlek. Vincent is the uh, president of Social Media Club Phoenix, the social media lead for YesPHX, Phoenix Startup Week, and also now the digital communications manager for ASU Knowledge Enterprise. Vincent has an upcoming podcast focused on the metaverse called the So Meta Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about it. Vincent, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I was going to say, I'm thrilled to have you here, man. We go back quite a little ways to Phoenix Startup Week last year and even Phoenix Startup Week from an attendee's perspective beyond that. But this show really has the potential to be something very educational and interesting for all of the modern world as we see going forward. So just for everybody to understand what the SoMeta podcast is, can you tell us a little bit about your vision for it and what you have planned? Yeah, I'd I'd love to. And and again, thanks for having me on to kind of talk about it a little bit. We're still in the, the launch phase. The intro episode is out there, but there's a bunch of episodes coming. Basically, the goal was I wanted to learn more about the metaverse, capital M meta, lowercase m metaverse and metaverse is plural. I figured I wasn't alone, that there's a lot of misinformation and or more so misconceptions, I think, out there. And I'm trying to come at it from an educational learning standpoint. I need to learn more about it. And there's a lot of people out there that know way more about all of it than I do. You know, I've, I've worked in social media marketing for a decade. So I have some idea enough to be dangerous with some of this stuff. And obviously, Facebook becoming capital M meta, you know, Twitter CEO, Jack Dorsey, leaving to pursue turning Square into more of a blockchain fintech piece and block, literally, I believe is the new name. (laughs) It's all heading that way. Web3, right? We're not going to go too long into this podcast probably without saying the term Web3. I felt like I need to learn more about it and and that there would be others that wanted to as well. But really, I'm just, I'm more so doing it for me. <laughs> in, in all selfishness, uh, I'm doing it so for my own learning. It tends to be the case where if you're interested in something like that, there's probably a good amount of other people interested in it too. And, and at the very least, there's a, ne- a niche audience that's interested in. It's probably a pretty big niche. I'm sure we'll get into it. There's just a lot of misconception out there. I know there's misconception out there and kind of people not taking it seriously. Even in my limited knowledge of it, I think that's a mistake. I would have to agree with you. And I mean, I think that the the reason that I'm really fascinated by what you're doing is the fact that you're basically taking this handheld approach 
of saying, come on this journey with me, right? The way that we approach things here at CryptoCurrent is we like to connect the thought leaders with the community and make it you know, make more sense at the beginner level, right? Sum things up, make it a little bit more approachable. But this idea of taking the journey with somebody who's learning along the way with you, I think is a really like, great way to look at the metaverse because on the like, surface, it's a really overwhelming concept, right? I mean, it's enormous. So like you have all these things that are going on. So not just like this big landscape that you're going to be a part of online, but you have like the virtual reality component. You have gaming, NFTs, and trying to wrap your head around all that from just hearing from a thought leader, I don't think it's really easily digestible. I have to give a lot, a lot of credit to you for this because I think that is going to be the thing that makes the So Meta podcast really special. Big tip of the cap to you there, but I want, I want to get into what you envision for it. When you see yourself going down this path of like basically viewing it through the lens of somebody who's been in social media as long as you have, what is it that you immediately want to start looking at? Like if you look at the first three to six episodes, do you have a vision for like what you want your audience to be hearing about first? Yeah, definitely setting, setting that type of foundation of what will we be doing? Why are we doing it this way? Who are the, the people that we should listen to? Really trying to start off on the right foot. There are some people out there that have already been doing this for a very long time that I feel are knowledgeable. I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt at this point. And a lot of people that are early adopters that they did jump on this before Mark Zuckerberg came out and announced Capital M Meta. They were already in it for years even. I, I know, you know one person that she's, she's been in it for 20, since 2013, which is almost a decade. That's what I want to do because I need to do that for myself. I need to set that foundation for myself and figure out, okay, what are all the, the places that this is going to touch? Basically everywhere, it feels like, eventually. It's not going to all be tomorrow. But eventually, we're going to get to a point where there are going to be pieces or full-on you know, metaverse elements in everything. And, and I'll tell you that the thing that spurred this for me was this. I have an eight-year-old daughter who when all this pandemic stuff started a couple of years ago, she was kind of getting into, she was playing Minecraft here and there, getting more into it and getting into Roblox a little bit too. And then, of course, as the whole thing, pandemic went, we were just home. She's been virtually schooled the whole time. And I work from home. You know, she's had more screen time. And I'm a believer in, in that it's okay to a certain extent, for the more screen time, because that is her generation. That's what they're going to use. So learn it all. And so she's been involved in these worlds, these virtual worlds where, you know, not VR, but roaming around all these different Roblox worlds, especially. And there's a currency within Roblox, there's a currency within Minecraft. I kind of say this a lot to people I know and family and talking about, well, these kids are already in the metaverse. They've been in the metaverse, metaverses for multiple years. I'm behind her at this point. <laughs> so, so I'm trying to I'm trying to catch up at least to her. I'm learning about Robux, the currency in Roblox. I'm I'm I've purchased some for her and and watched her spend it and I've spent time in the games and so that is one small piece, right? Like you mentioned gaming. That's one small piece of it, but I know that there's just so many more opportunities. The brand side, that's going to happen. Brand adaptation of all this is definitely going to happen. I see that to a certain extent already. It's just going to happen in a bigger way. So I feel like it's the future for marketing. You better know 
have some grasp of what's going on or else you're going to get left behind. Yeah, I'd have to agree. And I mean, look, you work with ASU Knowledge Enterprise. And I think immediately of all of these colleges across the country are going to have to integrate metaverse study into their marketing programs. They have no choice from here forward. Like, there's going to come a moment when they start to click into place and say, oh my God, all of branding is shifting online. All of the, like, these new spaces are opening up where we need to have marketing, not just strategy, like deployment plans. So to me, I, I'm fascinated by that myself. I think that you're, you're thinking about it from the right perspectives. But I have to get a little bit like deeper into it. What have been like the things that you've, in, you've encountered so far that have really blown your mind the most? Because I, I have to imagine you've already dabbled into it even a little bit beyond what you found in Roblox and uh, Minecraft. What, what else has been almost overwhelming to you so far? Hey, Cryptocurrent Crew, this is Steve Miller, and I'm the host of CC Live, the show that keeps you up to date with what's popping off in crypto land. Every episode of CC Live brings you the latest news, keeps you updated on the top projects, and decrypts everything you need to know to get ahead in the wild world of Web3. So if you really want to stay Cryptocurrent, join Richard, Chris, and I every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on YouTube Live. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe to Cryptocurrent's YouTube channel today, and as always, stay Cryptocurrent. I, I would say that what's what's been overwhelming to me is is that whole idea of all the things that we're not thinking of yet. It's easy to to say, you know, I work in higher ed that it's going to permeate the higher ed space. It's going to get into whatever space you may you may be in, right? But it's kind of like looking back at the internet from fifteen years ago. We didn't know fifteen years ago what was going to be happening <laughs> on that level, on this scale with the internet, no one was imagining that maybe a few visionaries, right? Like a Steve Jobs, or maybe there, were, there was some vision to a certain level, but no one could really imagine everything that is being done and happening with, with the internet. So that part is overwhelming in a good way. I think that the general populace hears metaverse or meta thinks Facebook, thinks Mark Zuckerberg, thinks the big rollout announcement, thinks people looking goofy sitting in an airport with a VR headset and controllers on, you know, while everybody else is doing their thing, waiting for their plane and they're playing a whatever game. And that is is funny to people. And they're like, that'll never catch on. Well, guess what else was never going to catch on? This phone right here, people walking around with this. There was a lot of doubters that said the the, the smartphone would never be what it is at this point. There's a lot of those cases with tech. And, and it, it seems like every case with tech starts out that way. There's a the huge number of people that are like laughing at it. And then eventually, they're all using it. And it's part of their daily lives. So while I don't think we're all going to be inside of a, a metaverse 20, 10 hours a day or doing all stuff inside a metaverse constantly, there's going to be activity there. There's going to be a large amount of activity eventually. It might be 10 years down the road. It might be 20. It makes sense. If you're a brand, if you're Gucci, right? Don't you want to have your own metaverse where someone can come in, they can enter your metaverse, basically your virtual store, right? This is like a very base level concept. I want to go into the Gucci store. I'm here in Phoenix, Arizona. I don't have access to a Gucci store. Oh, I can go in here and I can do these all these things virtually 
the tech will get better over time. It won't be where it is now. So it'll all be very useful and functional, I think, over time as people keep working on it. And I'll be able to do almost anything I can do in a store in real life. And again, coming back to this younger generation, Gen Z and and I think what we're calling basically Gen Alpha at this point, the kids that are growing up with all of this. They're growing up in the middle of it and they're already using it and know how to use it. And their expectation going forward will be, I'll be able to do this virtually or I'll be able to do this in this virtual world. Maybe not with goggles on, but just in a virtual world of some sort. That's what's really overwhelming to me is everything that's possible. Yeah, and I mean, I think that there's a lot that can be unpacked from that. And I think that's really the beauty of these types of educational shows, right? You can immediately tap into the culture element of how not just are you going to see brands like Gucci and Nike and Adidas all jumping into the metaverse, but talking about the multi-chain aspect of it as well, because what we talk about over here on our channel quite a bit is the interoperable future of cryptocurrency and of the digital asset world. So when I say multi-chain, I'm referring to the fact that right now, the vast majority, I believe it's 90% of all NFTs and digital property are currently being traded on the Ethereum network. But on the Ethereum network, you're going to have multiple metaverses. And then you're also going to have additional chains like you've probably heard of Solana by now, Avalanche, all of these other chains you're going to want to take those assets across chains and be able to use them in all sorts of different metaverses. It's going to be one metaverse, but it's all going to have to be interoperable. That on its own is a really fascinating concept that I don't think a lot of people have any type of like idea of yet. And I think that when we see it all come to fruition, they're not even going to necessarily see all the different chains or all the different metaverses. When it's out there and the entire world can really adopt it, it's going to be fluid. It's going to be frictionless. They're going to be able to take all of this property wherever they really want to. And I think that is the fruition that we're headed toward. But I think that before that, you have culture, right? These things are going to transcend culture. You've already seen Adidas, Nike, and Gucci, in fact, all jump in. You've seen Coke jump in. You've seen Pepsi jump in, and even Budweiser. It's more a question not of like if, it's really a matter of when. I go back to the example that you started to tap on there with the iPhone. I think of Bitcoin, right? If you are one of the individuals out there that's questioning the metaverse's viability or like if it really is an if, it's not because it's a when. People question Bitcoin. Now governments are starting to use it as literal legal tender. You have companies like MicroStrategy, they're putting it on their balance sheet. We're in the very early innings with metaverse, no question. Like we're pretty much in like year one at this stage of the game, back what you would equate in 2009 to when Bitcoin came up. That's where we are. We're in 09 with Bitcoin. That's where we are in the development of the metaverse. I, I would call it prehistory. So when I think about where we're headed, it's exciting as hell. I love it. And there's very little to be overwhelmed about, but there's a ton to be curious about. And I think that's the big, beautiful thing about SoMeta. I think that you're going to be able to tap into everybody's curiosity and get those questions answered for them because you're going to be their proxy. You're going to have all those questions. That's the idea, especially since I, I may sound a bit one way, like I believe in all of it. I don't necessarily. That's the thing. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm talking in more possibilities. I don't know if I buy into it yet is the whole thing. And I know that there's a lot of people that feel that way. And there's more people that feel 
one side or the other. They're already taking sides over it. This is going to be amazing. This is going to, it's not going to happen. It's going to suck. I really want to try to toe that line and be objective about it and ask those questions and find out. Like, I plan to have on people, not just people that are all about it, but people that are not. <laughs> that's, that's part of it too, is, is having sort of that both sides of the coin talking about it. And at some point, they're not planned yet, but kind of a 2.0 phase of the show would be some sort of level of, of a discussion debate between two people on opposite sides, where I guess I would be the moderator, if you want to call it that. But just bringing on two different, they believe this, they believe this, and they're not, they're not in agreement. And that's, I think, where the real fun is going to be once we set that, that foundation of what we're trying to do, who you may want to pay attention to, listen to, to start with. And I think that you're approaching it the right way, though. I mean, a healthy dose of skepticism is going to go a long way. And even, you know, bringing up contrarian thought, like that's going to be the thing that allows people to keep an open mind, whether they come at it from one side of the spectrum or the other. Really, really great way to be thinking about it. And I certainly hope that we see phase two down the line. Yeah, that's, that's the idea. And definitely the whole world of, as we've talked about offline, the whole world of NFTs and crypto and, and all that. I mean, that it's all woven together. It's going to be even more so if it's not already. And even the whole the DAO thing that people are, are on now, that's even a, already a big piece of it that I'm seeing online just in my research. Yeah. As you look at the year 2022, it really isn't 2022. It's already by everybody in the crypto space being referred to as the year of the DAO. Everybody believes in that concept and that that's where we're headed. I personally am skeptical of it still. I think there's some things that need to be fleshed out, but everybody's very excited about it. So to see it develop is going to be really, really interesting. What I am curious of, because you did take off to the side there to NFTs and all these other pieces that fit into the puzzle of the metaverse, are there any that you've already gotten your hands into, like component-wise? Like, Have you already gotten the chance to dabble in NFTs at all? Or is that still something that's a little bit outside of your purview? Yeah, I own a little bit of crypto. I own a couple of NFTs, very, very low level. I'll tell you what I what I own. One, I got super lucky. One is just a random, super small thing. Um, NBA Top Shot. You know, I paid like six bucks to open an NBA Top Shot pack. That was the first thing I got into because, you know, I'm into sports. I love the NBA. I love basketball. And so I wanted to see what that was and what exactly it was all about. And for the entry level price of like $6. Sure. Of course I'm going to, why not? Then the other one was, I just happened to, you know, somewhere on social on Twitter or something. I'm sure I forget where I heard about it first, but the Disney golden moments when they did that whole release for that week in celebration of their whatever anniversary 75th. I'm not a Disney adult, no shame on Disney adults. I'm not a Disney adult though. So I'm not sure the anniversary What was gold. So what's the golden anniversary? It was all gold stuff, whatever that is. They released an NFT, actually two NFTs daily for a week. And I missed the first day, but that was how I heard about it. And then the second day, I went in and they were doing it through the Vive app, V-E-V-E. My low limited knowledge about that, it seemed very smart because they know their audience, right? And Disney knows their audience is not people that are into NFTs, but they're into anything Disney. They will spend money on anything Disney, whatever it is. And especially if it's some sort of limited edition. So they were doing these limited edition NFTs 
commemorating various characters and of different levels. So there was a there was an ultra rare, a rare, uh, common, that sort of a thing. Culminating in the final one on the final day, which was an NFT of it was Walt Disney holding Mickey Mouse's hand and like waving. And that one was like the ultra rare. I think there was only 3,000 available. So the second day I went in, I deposited $60. So you put in dollars to get blue diamonds, blue gems, and that's their currency in the app. And at like the set time, the drop time, I was in the app, I hit the button, and I got one. I happened to get one out of like 10,000. There was two that were available that day. One was of Wally, and that's the one I got. I didn't have a choice. It was just like whatever one they give you, you know, so out of 10,000. And then immediately, of course, for anyone that's listening that knows NFTs, immediately <laughs> they're up for sale inside the app and everyone's selling them for the same price. There's like 8,000 of them available. I'm not selling it. I'm not putting it up for sale. I have no reason to. I'm just going to kind of keep it in whatever it's, it's in there. So that's been my, my personal NFT experience aside from you know years and years of collecting baseball cards and football cards. <laughs> I mean, look, that's your first foray into the metaverse. That's going to be the gateway. I would argue yes. the majority of society right now, that's going to be their first step into the metaverse. But the big misconception there that I would challenge you to bring onto your show is that the metaverse is not just online. When we get to the point where metaverse is real, the metaverse is actually the cross-section of both online and real world. Because so much of what we consider title and property and deed in the real world is going to be stored on blockchain. That's where it's all headed. So that you're going to see these different touch points. The other place that I typically refer to is in the medical world. There's very little reason why we shouldn't actually have direct access to our own medical records, right? There are plenty of different platforms out there that are trying to bring healthcare online and onto the chain in particular so that you can not only have more direct record, but an ease of movement of said records between doctors. So when I think about that, that's like the big thing to me is like being able to cross that Rubicon for people, helping people to see that it's not just going into a VR landscape or not just playing around in this like literal online world, like a, a RuneScape or a Neopets or anything like that that you probably remember from back when you were a kid. But to me, that's the big challenge. And I would certainly hope that you're going to attack that a little bit with your audience. What the one thing I would tell you is like definitely continue to seek out more and more experts because I know I, I introduced you to one offline, which is Punk6529 on Twitter. And if you're really wanting to challenge the way that you think about things like Metaverse and the place of NFTs in our society, he, influencers like him are challenging the status quo constantly about what we think and how we're going to be adopting these technologies. So I know that you've got a lot of great names lined up. I'm not going to spoil them for anybody that is uh, currently thinking about listening to the SoMeta podcast. But Vincent, before we go, I always like to ask one question on behalf of my um, partner in crime, Richard. And that is from all the things that you've learned so far in social media. And if you could take all of that and package it up, put a bow on it and apply it to what you're about to set off and do with SoMeta, what lesson is it that you're going to keep in mind? And what should other people be keeping in mind? I think obviously social media changes a lot, but it also doesn't change as much as people think. It's not like this minute by minute, day by day change thing that people like to quote often. There's also still many, many, many fundamental marketing principles involved with social media. 
that I think people on the outside that don't do it on a day-to-day basis forget about or they don't realize. Even now, even these days, it's still like, oh, you're going to tweet that out or something. No, I mean, we're going to tweet that out. But after about a month of planning and putting it on a calendar and forming strategy and, and all that. So I think that is, that is the biggest piece. I'm not coming into this lightly. And that's part of the reason why, to be honest, it hasn't launched yet is because I didn't want to just, for as much as we say, being genuine is great. I feel like I'm pretty genuine. But I also want to put time into developing it. And I, and I want it to be launched the right way. So I started doing this. I started working on this last fall. And I think taking the time to put something together like that, there's value in that instead of just, you know, throwing something out there just because, oh, I have this itch to do this. I definitely have this itch to do this. And I had the itch in the fall. And so I created the intro. And then from there, just trying to generate some some buzz here and there, or really is more just to get it out there for myself, let people know. But I'm going to do this whether people listen or not. <laughs> that's That's the thing. Like you can't, unless you're doing it for a brand, you're doing it as a part of a campaign or something like I'm doing this. This is for me. It really is. It's it's for me. And while I want to have a plan, I'm not setting out to break any records, download records, or even bring in sponsors or anything. It's not about that. It's just about talking to people, maybe some I haven't met. I'm learning from others, kind of exploring this discussion, exploring this topic, and bringing some more knowledge to people that are looking for it. And I think with social media, a lot of times we get caught up in a lot of vanity metrics. How many retweets does something get? How many impressions, how many people saw this. And I would say, if I had to wrap it up, like maybe don't focus so much on that. Even if you're doing something for a brand, you never know what's going to pop. Number one, you never know what's really going to be successful. You can put all this effort into things. We hear it all the time. The post that took three hours to create, days or weeks to create versus the one that they just posted haphazardly or something in five minutes, that's the one that goes viral, let's say, or gets more engagement. It's not all in our hands. We can put the best foot forward, but it's not always in in our hands, even as professionals. That's how I'm approaching it. I'm not trying to make this the top podcast on Spotify. It's just going to be what it is. Look, I think we can all certainly appreciate that. And look, I appreciate you taking the time to come and chat with me about the podcast and what your view of the metaverse is. Of course, for those of you that are following along on the podcast and even here on YouTube, please do us a favor, give Vincent a follow. You can find him online at Vincent Orlek. You can follow the So Meta Podcast at So Meta Podcast on Twitter. Vincent, are there any other places that folks can connect with you before we call it a day? I mean, I'm pretty much online everywhere just under my name. You may see hashtag not a guru. That's kind of a thing that I've adopted for the last decade. I think it's funny when we get called gurus of social media. Other than that, yeah, I'm just, I'm kind of everywhere. <laughs> I have LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff, Instagram. So if you're on any of those platforms, feel free to reach out, connect, send me a message. And and yeah, definitely follow that So Meta Podcast account on Twitter. Check out the intro episode. If it's something that you think you might enjoy, then subscribe and keep an eye out for the, the first episode. Awesome. We'll all be looking forward to it. So for those of you with the Cryptocurrent crew, thanks for joining us today. We'll talk to you soon on another episode. Stay Cryptocurrent. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. 
Today's review comes from jbauer underscore crypto. Amazing podcast for both beginners in the crypto world or if you are a seasoned veteran. Learn so much from this podcast and Richard's awesome questions. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to deritterproductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Carthon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay Cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes.